Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today as we take our walk through this strange paradiso. Um, I want to start out today's walk with a little bit of current events. Okay, first of all, I want to say that I am all for people making their situations better. I am all for us being able to have financial freedom and to um, make the purchases that we need and even some that we want, you know, those luxury items and what have you, those frivolous purchases that uh, we like to make once in a while. Because when we work so hard, we kind of like owe it to ourselves once in a while to buy something that we don't need, but we just want. So I just want to start off with saying that. So I am all for it, okay? But I don't know if this is uh, nationwide, but in California, I guess beginning like in April or something like that, the fast food workers are going to be getting $20 an hour. So in the first place, I don't know how this works because I don't know if it's just the fast food workers or if it's anyone who's working for a minimum wage. So anyone, say you're working at the car wash or you're working at a coffee shop or whatever it is, I don't know if it's across the board, okay? Because it should be. They cannot make laws just geared towards one certain sector being able to make $20 an hour minimum wage. I don't know how that would work. So I'm thinking that it's probably across the board, right? But anyhow, moving on, it's not going to have the effect that many believe it will have. As a matter of fact, what's going to happen is it's going to hurt the individuals who are working in this industry because as it stands right now, gas is so darn expensive. Uh, they talk about inflation and it's not going to go down. They talk about a recession and all of these other factors. So um, many people have less income to just be throwing around. So maybe if certain people were going to the coffee shop five times a week, maybe now they're going three, maybe they're going two. But anyways, um, the way I see this is it's going to hurt the industry. I don't know. I, I can't even tell you the last time I went to a fast food place. Um, it's been a long time ago. The only fast food place that I go to once in a while is In-N-Out. But just think about going to like McDonald's or Jack in the Box or something like that. And the price of the food just doubling. Actually, it would more than double. Just think about that. You get these value meals and stuff like that. So now what is it going to be? A value meal is going to be $8.59 or something like this. These corporations are not in the business to lose money. They are not in the business of anything getting in the way of their bottom line. So what I see getting ready to happen is that there will be some people, of course, employed in the fast food and whatever else it is until 
these places are able to go fully automated. We have spoke about this in the past, how back in the 1950s or 60s, they had places in New York called automats that there were only like, I guess, a couple of people working in there, but your food was like, you would have to go and open the little door and get your food out, whatever the heck. So if they could do something like that, that long ago, just think of what they could do now. And then with AI and all of these other things, and as it stands right now, you can go to Panera and use the kiosk. You can be at Red Rob and use the kiosk. There are many places that it's starting now to cut down on them needing a lot of employees, okay? So it's going to cut hours. It's going to um, just change everything about the fast food industry. If any of these economic uh, know-it-alls or whatever the heck you want to call them, economic majors and all this stuff, if they really wanted to help the situation for these workers, well, why wouldn't they maybe raise it to a, an amount, a certain amount, and cut taxes? The way I see it is taxes, especially in California, is just like choking us. So the whole tax situation is one of the biggest problems. Everything is so expensive, and then we have the highest tax and all this other stuff. I was just having this conversation with someone, and they said, yeah, because it's like uh, when you go buy a candy bar, once you eat that candy bar, you're not taxed on it again after you're finished eating it. But no, no, think about this. I said, we live in Southern California. Okay, think about this. Yes, you are. You're not only taxed when you buy it. You are taxed after you're done eating it. Because when you go to the bathroom, you got that sewer tax and the water tax and all this other stuff. No, we are taxed like so much. It is choking the life out of um, many things here in this state. But I'm sure that you guys grasp what I'm saying. And it just like, my gosh, this is... Um, and the poor individuals who think that this is going to be a way out, I wish that was the case, guys. I really do. But it's actually going to hurt. This is actually one of the worst things and um, I just, uh, you know, we have to be able to th think outside of the box that we have been placed in or the, that they have attempted to place us in as far as the media and things like this, acting like this is such a wonderful thing to happen. I wish it was a wonderful thing to happen, truly. Heck, if that was the case, I would go and work at one of these places. Are you kidding me? But um, no, and I feel for many people who are going to um, maybe end up losing in this whole thing. Of course, it's not going to be the political class who um, voted for this or who decided to sign this and act like it's such a good idea when I believe they really know better than that. So anyway, so let's move on. Okay, so this story is this is not a um, spooky story or anything like this, but it is something that um, 
you may think about in the future. And I have heard like certain stories about different types of, uh, but similar things happening. But this one kind of um, is way, way different. Okay. So anyways, this girl, when she was in about like fourth grade or so, fourth or fifth grade, they were um, raising silkworms. So she said that they had these silkworms and they would um, feed them mulberry leaves. And so these worms would be eating these leaves and they would wait for them to make the cocoons and all of this stuff. So I guess that's where the silk came from, the cocoons, before they would um, turn into the moths or butterflies, whatever the heck they were going to be. So she said that there was this one, and she said these things were not cute. <laughs> these silkworms, she said, they were not cute. But there was this one, and it would kind of like raise up. It wouldn't just be crawling around and eating these things. It would crawl around and eat, but then it would kind of like raise up. And she said that when she would come around to where they were contained in and make sure that they had leaves and stuff, she said that one worm, she's like, I'm pretty sure it was the same worm. It would raise up like it was looking at me. So she would just leave like, oh, yeah. And she just said, that's my little friend, you know. So um, she said she'd be doing an experiment. Now she's going to be kind of like away from the container. And then she would just notice until she got up close enough. And then that silkworm would raise up. So she started thinking, this thing recognizes me. She got the idea that this thing, I mean, it was a living thing, okay? So, of course, it probably did recognize her. Why not? So, she said that she started kind of like going there and putting the leaf down in front of it. And after it would raise up and then it would continue eating this, this leaf that she would place there. So... When they finally started to form their cocoons or chrysalis, whatever they're called, and then there were no more worms. They were all in that process, okay, of metamorphosis. So when they start coming out of these things, I guess they turn into some kind of flying thing, butterflies or moths, whatever they are, and they flew away. And she said... It wasn't but about a day later when there was one that would just hang around. It would hang around their yard. She would go outside and it would flutter around her. It would just kind of like, like if it was playing with her and she would laugh and sometimes it would land on her head. Sometimes it would land on her shoulder. And she was just certain that this thing had been that one that would always raise up when she went over to the container. She said this went on for so long until finally one day, because then the seasons start to change where these things are probably going to die off or whatever it is. And then she didn't see it anymore. And she said she felt sad. But all of these years, she was certain that that was in fact the silkworm that had seemed to acknowledge her, 
She's like, if that was the only thing that would have happened, and if it would have only happened a couple of times, I wouldn't have thought of anything of it. She said, but it happened every time. And then just so happens that there is one still hanging around in the yard where she lived. And when she would go out there, it would like, like interact with her. So I do believe that there is something to this. I do believe that um, this was the case. That worm did acknowledge her. And after it was able to fly away, it did return to her. Now, what is the reason? How is this able to happen? I mean, besides just the obvious. It's really uh, something that we have to come to our own conclusion. I mean, all of these things that I present, we have to come to our own conclusion. And mine is that um, I don't, I'm not saying that this thing recognized her. Maybe she was a worm in a past life or something like that. I'm not saying that, but there was some reason I, I can't think of what it may have been. Maybe there was some kind of an energy. Maybe that worm just uh, was of a different species um, a little bit as far as its brain. I mean, I don't know the reason. But the story that she tells, yes, I do believe that this happened. I have heard similar things. I have heard, but these things are like animals that maybe somebody helped out in the wild so many years ago and then something would happen to this person and an animal would come out of nowhere and just help them, drag them to safety or something like that and then disappear. I've heard this with wolves. I've even heard this like with a bear that this little bear was, uh, I guess it was trapped or something. It was injured. It was trapped or something. And this person helped this little cub and like nursed it back to health until it could go back out in the wild. And then so many years later, this person was out in the wild. I think they were um, gravely injured and couldn't walk or something happened. And this animal, this ferocious animal came and actually took that person to safety. I mean, these stories are true. These stories are real. So it just, uh, there, anything that's living, I believe, has some sort of mental capabilities, capacity. So why not? Why not this? And in a way, it's kind of like a feel-good story, except for the fact that these things have a season, a very short season, a very short lifespan. So um, when it was done and just went away one day and she never saw it again, that was a little bit sad. So that is, um, otherwise it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a nice, almost feel good, except for the fact that it just didn't last very long. She said that she's not even sure if it lasted for six months, really. She, um, can't really remember, but I know that these things must go their own way to procreate and do all these other things. So it was probably around her for a short time of its life, maybe during its 
like teenager years or something, you know, as far as, as far as moths or butterflies go. Okay. Okay. So the next thing now, this person, I don't know how else to describe this guy except for saying that this person is really and truly a badass, okay? And I'm not saying that he's a person that goes around acting like he's all this and that and trying to pick fights and just uh, causing problems. No, this person actually is just a really chill person, doesn't look for fight, doesn't look for anything like that. He tries to avoid them, actually. He'll try to avoid it. Like he even tells people once in a while, I've been there. He'd been like, no, you know what? I don't want to fight you. And I'm just thinking, oh, you don't. No, you don't want to fight this guy. You don't know what you're doing, okay? This person is just, I. that's the only way I can describe it, all right? He's just, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, don't mess with this guy, please, whatever you do. People think he's like wimpy or whatever. No, no, I'm like, run for your life. But anyways... So what happened was, and I'm, this story doesn't have anything really to do with um, what ended up happening. But anyhow, um, he came home one day. It was at night. He worked nights. He came home. He lived in an apartment by himself. And uh, he had barely been there. And some, somebody started breaking into his place. And he heard somebody like coming in through the window or whatever, one of the windows in his apartment. And he's like, what the heck? So here comes these two guys breaking in his place. So he, he kicked their asses, okay? Both of them. He beat the heck out of them. And then he called the police after he was done. So the police come and they get these guys and... <laughs> that was that, all right? Hey, they came in and broke into your place. You beat them up, okay. So that's just how he was or how he is, all right? So um, he said that ever since he was a little boy, every so often he would hear this sound. He said it almost sounded like a drill, like if you are um, just turning the drill on and you hear that whirring sound, that me, me, me kind of sound. He said that he would hear this sound from time to time. And then he looked out at one point and he said, what I saw looked like a, some kind of human figure that was going, it was in one spot, but it was going around and around so fast. It was actually drilling down. So it was like a, probably about a five-foot drill shaped like a person that was drilling, going around so fast, drilling its way down, okay, below the ground. And he said this happened like in the yard, like in the dirt, in the grass. wasn't happening on the sidewalk or on any concrete. It was like out in the grass. So he was just like, Okay, I think I saw something, but he didn't say anything until it happened again. And he said the next time that this happened was probably about a year later. And he actually saw this at his grandmother's house. So his grandmother lived in L.A. He said he heard that whirring sound again. He was Him and his siblings were staying 
with his grandmother while the parents were like moving into their new house while they were getting everything set up. So he heard that sound and he knew, he was like, I heard the sound. I knew um, because he re- remembered about his other incident and he's like, but it could have been anything. It could have been somebody drilling. You know, we were in a neighborhood, but I never forgot that prior incident. So he went to look out and this time it was in the front yard and he saw the very same thing. And he said it was a, the same thing. It was like this human type of figure going around and around until it like drilled itself down so that it couldn't be seen anymore. So he went outside like the next day because he was kind of freaked out by then. Like, what? what is this? He thought it was some kind of phenomenon. He went outside and went to go and look where this happened, and he didn't see anything. He's like, I didn't see anything. I dug down a little bit. I didn't see anything at all. So he's just like, this is so curious. So he told his grandmother about it, and he said, I saw it twice. And she said, you did? Where did you see it? And he said, I saw it at, at our old house, and now I saw it in your front yard. She was like, okay, and I guess she did some kind of something. Maybe she said some prayers, whatever. He's not sure. So it didn't happen again until years later. Now we are moving forward towards the present Okay, towards the present day. So this actually took place like not long ago. I believe this actually happened last year. So now he was at home. He has a wife now. He has a couple of children now. And he said they were in the kitchen. It was, it was nighttime. It was after dinner. They were putting things away. And he heard that sound. And he said, even though it had been such a long time, he said, I'd pretty much forgotten about it. But when I heard the sound, I went back to those other two incidents. And he's like, and it's not like every time I hear a drill, I just run and look for this thing. He said, but it's because of, it's a different pitch even though it reminds you of the sound of a drill. He said, There's, there is a difference. So he went out to go and look. He looks out of his door. He sees this thing in the backyard, and he was like, that's it. Because now he's angry, and he has children. So what does this guy do? And his wife said, he went out of the door so fast. He tore the screen off. He didn't even bother opening the screen. He went out and he grabbed this thing. I got friggin' goosebumps right now. So he goes out and he grabs this thing with his bare hand. Ugh. And it's like if there was a neck, Okay, if this thing had a neck, he would have been grabbing it by the neck. And with his other hand, he like ripped the, what would have been a head off of the torso of this thing and just threw it 
Okay, and all the time he's out there and he's cussing and he's cussing it up in Spanish. And he's just like so angry. And they said that when he did that, all of these little things came like flying out of this whatever it was. And they looked like either little tiny bats or little butterflies or something. But there was a whole bunch of them. And there were like these screeching sounds. Like almost like screaming, but it was screeching because it was like this type of abrasive sound. And he stood there like waiting, I guess, for some kind of confrontation. Like, I'm ready, okay? Like, he's not done. If someone's going to come at him, he's ready. But then everything just kind of slowly, like if they flew up and went away, and the rest of that thing, which after he was finished tearing it in half, it looked like a like a dark rag, just kind of shriveled up. It shriveled up and then just went nowhere. They didn't see it like sink into the ground. They didn't see it just vanish. It just went nowhere. They couldn't describe like what happened. They said it's like it just shriveled up so small it, and it just went nowhere. Didn't go soak into the ground. It didn't just slowly dissipate. It didn't go anywhere. And now that's the two people seeing the same thing. And when this was over, and he was so angry, he didn't care. He was like, <sighs> like that. And he wasn't scared. See, his wife was freaked out, as you can imagine. And he wasn't. He would just like, bring it. If there's anything else, let's do this now. So what this was, guys, I, I mean, it's, it's like... We've got two things going on here. We've got something of a spiritual nature, but we've also got something that is material. Because he put his hands on it and grabbed this thing. So, um, this is one of those things where, I mean, I'm almost at a loss for words. My biggest question was, how in the world did you, like, have the ability to just go out there and grab it? I'm not talking about physically. I know how he had the ability physically. But mentally, I mean, it's like somebody seeing a creepy clown just appear out of nowhere and running towards it and just starting to, like, tear it up. Where does that come from? I guess is what I'm asking. Because that is something that I don't think I have that, okay? I think I would go the other way. I don't think I would go towards it. That is something that um, not everyone has. And even though, okay, I started off with this story about this guy that he's a total badass. There are still a lot of people out there who are not afraid of others. They have no fear, okay? But something like this just totally freaks them out. I know a couple of people like that. As a matter of fact, 
one of my sisters, okay, when we used to still go out and uh, do investigations and go hunting and stuff like that, she was always like, I don't want to see anything. She was... She she would go, okay? We would go together. But she would be like, I don't want to see anything. I got the heebie-jeebies and all this stuff. And I was the other person who was like, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about an actual real live person trying to come up on me. I'm not worried about any type of, you know, that other stuff. So we were opposites in that way, okay? So it's like you have... We each have our own thing that we are good at, that we excel at, that we are not afraid of or whatever. Or like me, my nosiness takes over things that I maybe should fear, okay? But um, in a situation like this, this is um, like a person who not afraid of physical, you know, human people, uh, obviously not afraid of creepy things that we don't know what they are and what have you. And he is very unassuming. So it's like, so what happens now? Like, are you going to move? Do you think about moving? Did you, uh, you know, all these questions. He's like, no, no, I didn't, don't think about moving. It's uh, really unaffordable right now. And uh, he says, I, I pray every day. I, I pray about everything. And if something happens, well, I'll be ready because I pray about it. And he says, and I know who is stronger than any of these other things. So that, I would imagine, is where he gets this ability. But um, once again, guys, there are many things that um, I have witnessed, that I have seen, and things like that. But I'm going to, and I, I tell everyone, I'm not like uh, fearful. I'm not always jumping and thinking that there's something lurking around the corner and so on. And that how I'm so nosy, that supersedes my fear. But I am nothing like this person. Because um, once I become unfrozen. I mean, in certain situations, it's never happened to me, okay? But I do know that once I would be unfrozen with fear. You know, you get that thing where you're just like afraid to even move because um, you don't know what's getting ready to happen. And you don't maybe want to take your eyes off something, all right? So once I would come out of that, I'm pretty sure I would run away from whatever it is. I don't think I'd... I'd have the wherewithal to go and do that. And to just about, I I guess if the door would have been closed, he would have just broke through the door. That's what his wife said. She was like, oh my gosh, it's a good thing that the the door, the the regular door was uh, not locked because I'm afraid he just would have tore the door down. 
like he did the screen. But anyways, um, I don't know what category to put this in. I don't know what type of uh, entity I would say that this was. Here, once again, I mean, this isn't the first time, but I am at a loss. I don't know. But just the fact that it was able to be grabbed and torn apart just gives it more of a creepy type of effect, in my opinion. It's, um, it just changes the dynamics. You know, if you would have went out there and the thing would have disappeared or whatever, that would have been one thing. But to just be able to grab it and touch it. And it's like, did you feel anything? Did it feel hot? Did it feel cold? Did you feel any type of vibration off of it? And he said, no, I just tore, I just tore that effing thing apart. <laughs> I'm like, okay. There was no time to notice about how it felt. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, think about that one, guys, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, anyways, um, that's really all I've got for today. I have been so busy, and I'm really, um, you know, I was kind of surprised that I had some me time today to be able to go on a walk. I didn't think I was going to be able to do that until, like, Sunday or maybe even Monday. But uh, So, I got um, got some time here today, and also... While we are nowhere near the middle of the season, we're just at the very beginnings, you can still feel it. I'm sure all of you can feel it. And today, because today is more intense. And with each day that we get closer to the 13th, we are going to be able to feel it more and more. I mean, it's, um, it's not, in my opinion, it's not a feeling of... Uh, a bad feeling. It's just a feeling of um, almost like activity, almost like there's uh, so much that's alive out there. Oh, okay. And I have been getting quite a few questions about, I don't know if I'm going to have to spell this, guys, or not. So I'm just going to say this month that we are in, okay, the 4th that there is uh, some type of uh, emergency broadcast that's going to happen all nationwide beginning at 2 p.m. Eastern time, which would make it 11 o'clock Pacific time, like here in uh, Southern California. You know, there are so many things that are being said that it's going to cause certain things to happen because of the frequencies and so on. Um, well, I know that there are many people out there who have good intentions when they're sharing these things, okay, and uh, telling people to turn off their phones, turn off their smart TVs, turn off their devices, turn off anything that can send out a notification and so on, because these frequencies are going to be damaging to certain individuals and this and that. Well, I really don't know, guys. Um, I would, this is just me, okay, this is just my opinion. This doesn't mean anything, but um, what what I believe, okay? And um, I'm going to turn mine off. And one of the reasons is because if I don't, I just would 
because we can't opt out. So I guess that's my way of opting out. I don't feel that any frequency, okay, well, maybe I should take that back because I really don't know. But um, the reasons that they are worried about these frequencies don't affect me. Any of the reasons that they have put out there why certain individuals might be affected by these tones and so on, um, I'm not affected by that, okay? It's not going to affect me for those said reasons. The reason why I am going to turn mine off is because I, if there's no option, and you know how I am about options, I'm going to be forced into listening to this or to take part in this even though I choose not to. So that's why I'm going to turn mine off. And they're even saying that it uh, doesn't matter because even if you turn it off, it's still going to be able to receive the alert and so on. Well, if that really did happen, that would be something else. That would be, um, that, that would just be something else I can't get into because I don't think that would be a good thing. So, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. If that would happen, maybe turn the phone off and put it in the microwave. We're just going to have to see. We're going to have to experiment, see how this goes, okay? But I I seem to believe, and I don't know how many of you listen to alternative media. I don't know how many of you listen to um, some of these other people who talk about um, theory. Okay. But sometimes when they say things and then these things don't happen, I start to wonder if there are, uh, certain agencies out there who do this kind of thing and put these things so that the alternative media can report on them, then when the these things don't happen, it kind of like um, chips away at the credibility of the alt media. So this is done purposely, okay, to hurt, to chip away, to destroy the credibility. So I am very careful on what I say because these things are possible. It is a possibility. But is it a probability? That is what we have to come to, you know, our own decision. Is this a probability? And if it doesn't take place, okay, on the 4th, then they say that um, it will be done on the 11th of this same month, this month. So um, we just monitor each situation and see see what happens, okay? But uh, once again, I don't come from the direction of fear. 
And um, if certain individuals are worried about frequencies and vibrations and so on, and I'm not talking about just um, certain physical reasons. I'm talking about just because of the evil, just because of maybe the intent, okay? Then that's when we raise our vibration, And now just because, yes, just because we have entered into the fall season, we should have automatically, we need to put our our vibrational levels like on auto because with these seasons now, because we know how um, the fall season is, how active it is, we should automatically start raising our frequency, our vibration the first day of fall, then again in winter, because it's not over. Just when fall ends and after uh, the 31st and all that, no, 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 it doesn't end there, guys. It actually continues into the early parts of November. We'll get into more of that as we get closer to mid-October, okay? We'll get into more of that and then how it carries on into December January, all right? A lot of people think, oh yeah, once uh, the 31st. No, no. We're only just beginning. So once again, we will um, get into it more and more as we walk towards that these dates, okay, that are coming up. So I want to thank all of you for joining me today and um, just think about some of those things, you know, some of these stories, some of these, um, I mean, these things that happen to certain individuals in their lifetimes, some of the connections that we make as we walk through this life aren't always other people. They could be animals. They could be, I mean, when I say animals, I mean when we talk about birds, I'm talking about uh, all types of living things. Be walking and talking again real soon. Ciao.